Good morning, my friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study, and I'm so glad that you are here today. Praise God. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me in my favorite book of the Bible, which is Colossians chapter 4. I love the book of Colossians. So today, let's jump over to chapter 4. We'll begin in verse 14. I want to talk about making your journey through life super duper sweet. Mm-mm. God wants you to experience his sweetness, his goodness, um, happiness, happiness being a product of our obedience to the leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about these things today, but let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, as we're jumping into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come now and bring illumination and understanding to the eyes of our heart so that we can take your word and consume it like spiritual food and make application of it in our life. Now, we thank you, Father, that your word is working mightily for us. In Jesus' name, woo, amen. Praise God. Philippians 4, verse 14, Luke, the beloved physician. How about that? Luke was not only a doctor, he was the beloved doctor. Mm. You know, if you have to go to the doctor, you at least preferably want to have one that uh, loves God and would uh, love you, praise God, in the sense having genuine care for you. Luke, the beloved physician. I don't know if too many doctors would meet that uh, qualification. They're doctors, but I don't know if they are beloved. (laughs) Well, if not, may they become uh, that. And Demas, greet you. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and Memphis and the church that is in his house. Yes, house churches are biblical. It's mentioned multiple times in the New Testament. Now, when this letter, this epistle is read among you, see that it is read also in the church of the Laodiceans. They, they certainly needed it, didn't they? And that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, now today, let's talk a little bit about Archippus. What an, what an interesting name. His name actually in Greek means horse master. It means ruler of horses, or a little more loosely translated, it means one who loves horses. He's horse crazy. And for whatever reason, his parents named him uh, one who loves horses. So <laughs> maybe when he was a little boy growing up, maybe he had horse, little horse statues all over the place and played with them. Or who knows, maybe his parents had a farm or something like that, and he, he loved horses. Um, theologians say that maybe Philemon was his father. We don't, we don't really know. Not too much is mentioned of him in church history. Paul calls him a fellow soldier in another one of his epistles. So he was a man of God. Now listen what it says. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. Take heed to the ministry that you may fulfill it. Now, this is interesting concerning the fulfilling of a ministry or, because not everybody's a minister, you could also say the fulfilling of your life assignment, accomplishing what God has put you on the earth here for. This is very important because God wants you to fulfill your assignment. Now, if you're a minister, he certainly wants you to fulfill your ministry. I would like to also remind you of something that Jesus said that that would take any pressure off of you. And let me read just for a moment from Matthew chapter 11. You know, um, as I'm turning to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, I'm thinking of a preacher who sometime back, he said that he was, uh, and he's written several hundred books, but he was actually wanting to get to the point, to the place where he has published, written and published, 1,000 books. And he said that was a goal. And he was kind of hot on that, on that pursuit. But he said the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, that's fine if you want to do that, but just understand I'm not requiring that of you. Mm, wow. Very, very interesting. So I, I want to talk today about fulfilling your ministry, fulfilling your assignment, fulfilling the calling 
and the purpose that God has for you here, whether it's for Noah to build an ark or whether it's for Padre Pio to build a hospital or whether it was from for Bensonite Ahosa to, and he also built a hospital, or whether it's for you to, uh, you know, be a part of whatever God has called you to do. We want to talk about those things today because you don't ever want to take on more than you're called to do because in a sense, in a sense, it's not like you'll be rewarded for it. All you have to do is do what God called you to do. And by the way, that's enough to keep you really, really busy. Wow. Mm. Woo. Praise the Lord. Wow. You know, I, I was just with the pastor recently and his parents know the wife of Bensonite Ahosa. Now he was a great man of God from Nigeria and uh, in many ways, um, uh, like a father of Pentecostalism in Nigeria and accomplished all kinds of things, raised up great works in Africa, and he did it with African money and was very, very blessed and a powerful ministry, of course. But when he got into his 60s, he had already done so much. He had accomplished so much that he called all of his staff together and said, I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm going to heaven. And they were like, well, you know, there's, uh, there's more to do. He's like, no, I've already done everything there is to do. I've already, I've already accomplished all that God has called me to do. And he called his wife, and I believe his wife was out of the country. And, uh, and somebody that knows his wife uh, said that she explained what actually happened. And so he calls his wife, who was out of the country, and said, tomorrow uh, I'm leaving. I'm going to heaven. I've done all that God has called me to do. And she said, well, uh, please, uh, please at least wait until I get back. <laughs> But for whatever reason, he didn't want to wait. The next day, he just told everybody, I'm leaving, I'm going to heaven, went and sat down in a chair and boom, just left. His spirit left his body. He just died and he went to be with the Lord. Why? He finished everything literally that God called him to do. And it was a lot. It was a ton of stuff that he did. But you have to realize that's all you have to do is what God called you to do. Now, Jesus said in these amazing, uh, comforting words of a Matthew 11, verse 28, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I'm telling you right now, the devil will load sinners down. The world system will apply pressure and anxiety and uh, endeavor to put its troubled issues into the life of the saint. But there's, there's protection in the Lord. He said, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay. So here's the catch. When you live for the Lord and you serve the Lord, there is a yoke. Okay. But it's easy. It's easy. All you have to do, that's what a yoke is. A yoke is put around your neck to pull the load. You put the yoke on the oxen, and oxen are beasts of burden. They pull the heavy loads. So you have a yoke, but the yoke is easy. You're not required to pull more than you can pull. <laughs> Praise God. And my burden is light. Well, the burden is what you carry, the responsibility, the assignment, the calling. But it's never something that crushes you. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Pastor Stephen, we have to win the whole world for Jesus. Well, you know, it is a big planet, right? And even if you, oh, I'll give you an example. Take myself, for instance. So many of you help support this ministry through television. We, through television, through satellite, and uh, many other, not just satellite, but also ground TV stations, we are, we can be seen on the air in over 200 nations. Well, Pastor Stephen, that's it. We might as well just shut down and go relax on the beach and drink uh, uh, lemonade and wait for Jesus to come back. Well, my friends, it's a giant planet. So when you hear statements like that, which are, are, which are true, the satellite footprint that we're on and our various outreaches covers uh, a viewing, but well, I, I would say a potential beauty, viewing audience over 1 billion people, but there's 8 billion people on the planet. And a lot of them don't speak English. 
you have over a billion Chinese people. You, had, you have over a billion Indian people. And in India, there's all kinds of languages all over the board. So there's no way one ministry or even, you know, you know, like several or whatever the case might be can get this job done. We have our assignments and you're not responsible for winning the whole planet to Jesus, nor could you, nor could I. <laughs> even when you think about the great evangelist, Billy Graham and the, the you know, the great stadiums that Dr. Graham filled. Uh, but there's, there's also been many other ministers, whether it was, uh, uh, you know, T.L. Osborne or, uh, Reinhard Bonnke and all of the mass, not just stadiums, but meetings that are so big, you can't even get them in the stadiums, like talking like a million people out in the field hearing the gospel preached. It's still, the work is so tremendous, which is why we are a body. Why? Because there's no way one person can do it, no matter how large that ministry is, because the job is just too big. So it takes all of the anointings uh, of Christ in his body worldwide in order to accomplish the things that Christ wants done, which is to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. Now, there's a yoke and there's a burden, but it's easy and light. All you have to do is be responsible for what God called you to do. Now, it is certainly true that you could look at someone. I've, I've had some people tell this to me that I've had some ministers say to me, uh, Pastor Steve, I don't see how you can do the things you do. You're, you're writing books. You're on television. You're on the internet. Uh, you're doing uh, other types of things. It's like, how, how do you do all of this? Well, to me, it's, there's no strain. It's not like I'm wore out or tired or fatigued. I actually feel uh, rejuvenated by the Lord and the work of the Lord to me excites me. So for me, it's easy in a sense that his yoke is easy, his burden is light. But that's because there's grace given to the assignment that God has for me. And, you know, I think about one minister, uh, he, he preaches uh, five times in the morning, back to back, back to back, um, and, and, you know, over and over. And he does that every Sunday, and he's always there every Sunday, and, and then preaching throughout the week. And, I, you know, I look at that, and I think, that, that's amazing, just the strain on the voice, just the strain on the body of an output like that. But yet he just flies through it like it's just like, you, you know, like drinking a glass of a nice a sweet tea on a hot summer day. That's because there's grace. So uh, whatever the yoke and the burden is that the Lord would assign, there's grace for that. And my friends, that's all you are responsible for doing. Praise God. Now it is large. And it will take your full attention, but it's not something that is beyond you. The Lord wouldn't do that to you. Praise God. Now, let's talk a little bit more about our friend Archippus. Let's jump back over to Colossians chapter 4 and verse 17 again. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry. And I would say for many, if you're not called the ministry, I would say take heed to the assignment, your purpose that God has for you, which you have received in the Lord. It's very important. We all have a unique fingerprint. Uh, as many people as there are on the planet, no two people have the same fingerprints. So you have something that you have received from the Lord that you may fulfill it so that you can get it accomplished and that you can get it done. And you might think, well, Pastor Stephen, how, how do I do it? I would say the easiest answer and the easiest way to approach the fulfilling for Archippus of his ministry and for you and I for our assignment is to basically take it in phases. Let that soak into your spirit just for a moment. That's, that's how you're going to get it done. Mm -mm. Life is in phases and your assignment is in phases. For me, my ministry is in phases. Praise the Lord. I think it's very interesting because the prophet Kenneth Hagin, who is now in heaven, he wrote in his book, I Believe in Visions, about the time that Jesus came to him and talked to him about his ministry and explained to him that after he'd been in ministry for 12 years, he was just now moving into the first phase of his ministry. 
And, you know, of course, Brother Hagin said he was shocked. He was like, Lord, I've already been, you know, preaching and teaching for, you know, 12 years. Like, you know, what's going on? And the, he said the Lord told him that uh, some ministers live and die and never even get into the first phase of ministry. Remember, life is in phases. Ministry, and I've known this because I, I had read that testimony by Brother Hagin. I, I know that ministry is also in phases. And in that visitation, Brother Hagin said that Jesus told him that there are four phases in ministry. So he was, uh, Jesus was explaining to Brother Hagin that you have finished one of these phases and you're now moving into another one. And if you're faithful, if you're faithful and obedient, you'll get eventually into the fourth phase, which is the final phase of ministry. Now I share these things because I want to, um, I want to give some examples I have a prophecy. Let me share some things with you from a prophecy that uh, I received. This was in January of 2017, January 19th. Now, before I share a few things uh, concerning this prophecy, let me go back a few weeks before that. And a few weeks before I received this prophecy, Jesus appeared to me in a vision. You know, when you, when you first see the Lord, you're kind of like caught up with, you know, who he is. And, uh, you know, you, you, you hear all the natural questions. How tall is he? What color hair? You know, what does he look like? But really, when you're in the spirit and you see the Lord, you're really only concerned primarily about one thing, which is what? What does he have to say? <laughs> and, uh, and the Lord appeared to me in a vision, face to face, talked to me. He was only maybe three feet from me. And he came to tell me, uh, something special. He's, this is what he said. He said, you have now completed phase two of your ministry and you are now in phase three. Wow. And that, that meant a lot to me. He said some other things also that pertain to, uh, I wouldn't say so much the ministry as it did to my, my personal life, which was a great blessing. But he did tell me that about the ministry. You're, you've finished phase two, you've completed it. You're now in phase three. And remember, ministers only has four phases. Now, a few weeks later after this, I was in Washington, D.C., and Kelly was there with me. The date was January 19, 2017. Uh, this was in Washington, D.C. at the Hilton Hotel. And while we were there, uh, and there were a lot of ministers there, we ran into Prophet Bishop Bill Hammond. He's more apostolic, but he's apostolic in the sense that he pioneered the prophetic. So he's known worldwide as a grandfather of the prophetic movement, having personally prophesied. Now think about how long this would take to prophesy over one person at a time. So over the many decades of his ministry, he has prophesied to over 75,000 individuals including kings, queens, leaders, you know, this, that, and the other, all over the world. And uh, I, I had just gone to Korea some time back, and uh, he had just been there, and they were real excited because uh, they love prophecy, especially the gift of prophecy in South Korea. Praise the Lord. But while in D.C., we ran into Bishop Hammond, uh, the great man of God, sitting at a table, and there was nobody around him. So I went up to him, and I said, Bishop Hammond, good to see you. I said, what? What does the Lord say? What's the word of the Lord? Now, he had prophesied over Kelly and I uh, 20-something years before uh, when we had first gotten married. We had just been married for a very, very, very short time. I'm talking like only a couple of weeks. And we got into a, a, a prophetic line where Bill Hammond was prophesying over people. And he, he uh, prophesied over me and Kelly. And he got to her first and said, hmm. He says, thus says the Lord, you're called to be a prophetess. And then he got to me and he laid his hands on me and he said, thus says the Lord, you're called to be a prophet. And he said, oh Lord, this could be dangerous. <laughs> but he said, Lord, make it more dangerous for the devil than it would be for them. Because when you have those same type callings in the same house, it's a, it's a very interesting life. <laughs> it's a very interesting world when that gift operates. Um, but it's sweet. I wouldn't change a thing. Praise God. Okay. So anyhow, uh, he's a wonderful man of God. And I sat down at the table with him. Kelly did too. 
And always, you always want, if you can, to the best of your ability to record any prophecy, okay? First of all, if you record it, then you can go back later and write it down, praise God, which is what I have right here. You could write the whole thing down, and then you could do what I do, put it up on the refrigerator and look at it, pray over it, and agree with it, and believe it. And of course, some things you don't share everything, just like I'm going to read some things, but I'm not going to read all of it. But um, please record your prophecies. And that also, uh, for me as a seasoned minister, when I prophesy over somebody, I do uh, preferably want to get, get a recording because a lot of people, sometimes they run off and, and they, they'll say, well, this is what he said. And you're like, ah, oh, that was not said. Let's replay the recording and we'll find out. And so it can, it can save you sometimes. You don't always have the ability to do that, but when you can, record your prophecies, especially if you're ever getting a prophecy from a well-respected, proven prophetic minister, you definitely want to get it on recording because it, it's something that will really be a faith booster for you. Praise the Lord. Let me grab a drink of uh, hot white tea here just for a second. I don't like black tea. A little too thick for me. I like white tea. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you to the partners that sent me the white tea. I don't need any more tea. I think between now and whenever the tribulation begins, of course, by then, I believe we'll be taken up to meet the Lord in the air. But however much time we have, I have enough tea to make it till then. Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, what happens if we do get left behind during the tribulation? Well, just come over here and we'll have some tea together because I've got plenty of it. <laughs> but rather, let's have some tea in heaven at the marriage supper of the Lamb because we'll be getting out of here at that time. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. So remember the Lord told me in a face-to-face -face encounter that I've gone from phase two to phase three. Now, two weeks later, it was about two weeks later, I saw Bishop Hammond and this is what he said to me. He said, I hear the Lord saying, you've finished phase two of your ministry. My friends, for those that don't value the, pro the prophetic gift, that don't value prophecy, I feel sad for those people. I feel sad for people that don't understand the gifts of the Spirit and do not have uh, access to them or somehow have not been around it where they could uh, experience such beautiful things of the Spirit. Did you hear what he just said? He just repeated word for word what Jesus told me. Amazing. And I, you know, he hadn't prophesied over me for like 20 years. Mm. He said, I hear the Lord saying, you've finished phase two of your ministry, but you're going from Hebron to Jerusalem. You're going from Hebron to Jerusalem. My heart skipped when he said that in joy. Kelly's too, because we've, we had known at that time that God was going to help us to have our own ministry headquarters. That what we have right here in Moravian Falls will always keep this place. Um, and we, we, God gave us this place, and we will use it as administrative uh, type usages and things along that line. But we're, we were looking for the place for our TV studio and for the land. Well, you know we've got it now. The land, the land we do. But so he starts prophesying about that. But you're going from Hebron to Jerusalem. You're going to establish a headquarters. You're going to have your own land and plans. And you're going to see God begin to extend and expand your ministry. Mm -mm. Now, of course, when he said Hebron to Jerusalem, I knew that that's what happened with David. David had his headquarters uh, at one time in Hebron, but when he saw Jerusalem, he's like, man, we've got to take this city. We're gonna, he said, man, that could be like my ultimate headquarters. And, it, 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 and he took it, and it became not only his headquarters, but the capital, the capital, the eternal capital of Israel. Ready for this? The eternal capital of the earth, because that is where Jesus will rule and reign from during his 1,000-year reign. Praise God. The bishop went on to say, God says, I'm going to fulfill every word I promised you, every word I gave you. You're still on schedule. You're still on time. You've fulfilled partial, like David fulfilled partially his prophecy when he became king of Israel in Hebron, and now you're moving from partial fulfillment to full prophetic fulfillment. 
Woo, glory. I feel the anointing. Amen. So, that, of course, that's why uh, we're so excited about the 14.5 acres that we've got out at the airport because that's where we're going to build the world-class television studio. And I am very, very excited about that beautiful land that we have. Praise the Lord. So, um, you know, you, you work it out in phases. You, you need to understand what phase you're in in life, okay? Even in ministry, even if you don't have a visitation from Jesus, you still, in your heart, you need to have an understanding of where you're at in your ministry so that you can focus on the right thing. Mm, praise God. In order to fulfill your assignment, or complete your ministry. You need to have an understanding of where you're at in the journey. Woo! Focusing on your current phase and completing it is the only way to get to the next phase. It's the only way to get to the next phase. Wow, I'll have more to say about that one in just a moment. A cur excuse me, a correct focus on the correct phase will allow you to enjoy your journey free of anxiety, free of, an, of anxiety. Why? You're on time, you're on the right focus, and you're, you're dialed in because you know that you're in this particular phase, and that's where your focus is at. Not on the end phase, unless you're there at the end, but you're right on the right focus at the right time. Why do some not complete their assignment. There's multiple reasons, but I would suggest that one of the major reasons why people fail is because of broken focus. Something has broken their focus. And they could, they could even be focused on the ministry. They could even be focused on the assignment, but they're, they're usually uh, trying to be at the end when the end is not there yet. So they're focusing way down the line and maybe they're just starting out or maybe they're like halfway through and that's where their focus needs to be, but they're way down here or they're trying to be way down here and uh, it, the timing's off. Wow, these are things that we need to understand. They're very, very important. Praise the Lord. I... Uh, printed out a little statement that Kenneth Hagin, Prophet Hagin had made, because we all go through these things, whether you're in ministry or whether you're in life, you begin to pick up on something that God has for you, but you also have to really get this thing dialed in about your timing, what phase are you in. Uh, again, even if you don't have a visitation from Jesus, you, you can pray and the Holy Spirit will show you where your focus is supposed to be at during this season of your life. And this is what uh, Prophet Kenneth Hagin said. Sometimes when God says something to believers about his plans for their lives, they try to make them come to pass by their own efforts. When they do that, they can muddy the waters, so to speak. In other words, they can hinder God's plan for them, so God isn't free to do what he wants to do. They need to just stay in faith regarding God's plan and let God bring the pass what he has told them. To fulfill their part, they need to prepare themselves according to the word and the Holy Spirit's leading. I muddied the waters of God's plan for me more than once when I was young in the Lord. Sometimes when the Lord said something to me about my ministry, I would try to jump out immediately and do it. Hey, I've been there and I've done that too. Haven't we all in certain areas of our life? He goes on to say that every single time I did that, what the Lord told me to do didn't work out right. Now, someone might think, well, that just shows that the Lord really didn't speak to you. But the Lord did speak to me. I just didn't get the timing right. So I hindered God's plan. Jesus told me once when he appeared to me in a vision, I'd rather you were too slow than too fast when you are trying to follow my leading." At least when you're behind me, you can still see me out ahead of you. But if you're too fast and you jump out ahead of me, you won't be able to see me any longer and you'll get off track. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory to God. Let me read just a little bit more. This is good. He goes on to say, I can give you an example from my own life 
of stepping out ahead of God. By the mid-1940s, God had already put in my heart much of what I am doing today in ministry. I knew in my spirit God had something besides pastoring He wanted me to do. So in 1944, I left the church I was pastoring to go into field ministry, thinking God's timing for my next phase of ministry to begin was right then. But I jumped into field ministry out of God's timing. Therefore, things didn't work out right. Don't misunderstand me. God blessed my year in field ministry as much as He could. We had some good meetings, and people got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. But I knew I had stepped out prematurely into the next stage of God's plan for me. So I backed up to where I had missed it and went back to pastoring. Although God really had talked to me at that time about my ministry, it wasn't time yet for those things to come to pass. For example, God's timing for what He had put in my heart about going into the field ministry was five years later. Some of what He told me came to pass much later. By the time five more years had passed, I had learned enough to say, this time I'm not moving unless I get the witness in my spirit that it's time to move. So I continued to pastor my last church until the Holy Spirit quickened to my spirit in early 1949 that it was time to move out into the field ministry. As I grew in the Lord, I learned not to jump out ahead of Him, but to just allow Him to bring to pass His purposes for me as I stayed faithful to prepare myself. I also learned to get not only the what of God's plan, but to continue to pray until I also receive the when and the how. Over the years, I've learned to operate that way in every area of my life. I don't move until I get the signal from the Holy Spirit to move. When I get that signal and act on what God has told me, I have found that God's plan always works smoothly. Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. Don't you agree with that? Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, this is something that we need to consider. Your journey in life, which is made of multiple phases, your journey in life is better to be viewed as a marathon instead of like a 100-meter dash or sprint that's over with in about 10 seconds in the Olympics. Okay, uh, it's What we're facing is a longer journey, and you have to realize it's staged out in phases— even in the marathon, the main thing those runners are looking at are the mile splits. Okay, you run one mile. Okay, how, what did I just go through the mile then? Okay, they want to know that. Why? They've got 25 more. And so they're pacing this thing out and realizing that you're in it fully committed for the long haul. And I think if some of you view it like that, it will keep you from trying to rush or maybe even move ahead prematurely because others might even suggest, oh, uh, hey, you know, uh, when are you going to get this done? Or what's going on? It seems like you're going too slow or falling behind. Wow. So there, there are those who, even in the body of Christ, it seems like they try to judge your progress as if they know, <laughs> right? Because they're not doing it. <laughs> we have a lot of armchair specialists who have a lot of advice to offer, but they're not, they're not even really doing it. Um, I'll give an example. Years back, this was maybe like over 10 years ago, um, I had a, a, a ministry partner come and visit the ministry. And this ministry partner, their main thing is they, they just wanted to be in the ministry so bad they could hardly stand it. All this person wanted to do was be in the ministry, but yet God had not called them yet. But they just they were just eating them up. They just wanted to be in the ministry. So this per person was very curious about me because, you know, the Lord had already called me. We we're already up and running and stuff like that. So uh, she's trying to observe my ministry so she could see how things work. But she would make little little statements like um, like uh, one time she said, well, uh, Pastor Stephen, how many people are you taking uh, to Israel on your tour? I said, uh, this year I'm taking 15 people. She said, that's all? You know, and she, she would do stuff like that. And, and I understood a lot of those little statements like that, they're actually being based out of jealousy. Why? Because first of all, she's never even been there. And, and I could have responded like that and said, well, hey, you, you haven't even gone, <laughs> right? But I, I just realized, hey, that's where she's at. Now, she's a full-grown full woman, but um, 
she's doing these things like that because she's a little frustrated because she's not even on first base. And that's okay because of God's timing. But I could see God's working on her and she wouldn't want to be in the ministry right now because she's going to hurt people because she's she was already like throwing barbs like that and uh so uh you know kind of like little subtle put downs and things like that but she said that's all and i'm thinking you you've never even been there you've much less have you ever even taken tours there so i might not be taking over thirty thousand people i remember one minister a couple of years ago, one minister in another nation said, I want to go to Israel. I want to take a bunch of people with me. He took 30,000 people on tour with him to Israel. (laughs) Okay. All right. So I admit I'm not taking 30,000 people, but I will say that we do take, uh, complete tours. And this, this group that we've got, that'll be going in about two months. Oh, wow. We have a fantastic group and I am honored to take them. Whoa, it's going to be a fantastic tour. We've got a, we got a full group. Praise the Lord. The Lord brought them in. We've got people from America. We've got people from UK. We have people coming and uh, they're ready to go to the Holy Land and we're going. Praise the Lord. So uh, sometimes people do those little types of things like that uh, to maybe try to poke at you or maybe even try to get you to rush and if you try to rush because of what people are telling you, or you've got to perform because of what people are saying, a lot of times those people are, they're, they're like non-performance, you know, and then, so they're trying to get you to maybe get you off sync or get you off track. But you have to just know, first of all, your yoke, your burden to the Lord. And you just do that. You stay faithful. And I'm looking forward to the day when I do take the hundreds to Israel I'm looking forward to that. But right now, I tell you, I'm happy to take uh, whoever goes because we're having good times in the Lord. And that's all I'm responsible to do is to do the things that God has called me to do. And the same with you. There's no pressure. There is no performance. I don't have to stand on my head, spin around for people or anything like that. (laughs) You know, the same person also one time said, uh, uh, Pastor Stephen, Sid Roth is doing these things. Uh, You should do that too. And I said, well, uh, well, well, hold on just a moment. I said, first of all, uh, Sid's a little bit further down on the line. We, we didn't hit the starting line at the same time, okay? He hit the starting line in 1940, okay? He was born in 1940. He's in his 80s right now. So I said, maybe, maybe by God's grace, I could follow in the footsteps of a great man of God and accomplish some things that would bring the Lord honor as well. He he is knocking the ball out of the park, but I'm not going to try to ever compete with him. And I'm certainly not going to try to like, while I'm still at this phase, compare myself with somebody who's almost 30 years older than me. You know, so (laughs) you get stuff like that all the time. And a lot of the times, again, remember, because they'll do it to you if you have your business. How come you're not making millions? Okay, let's give it a break. I'm not on the level of Steve Jobs yet. Give me a little momentum. Give me a little more time. Okay, but at the same time, a lot of those are like little um, jealous arrows that people throw. And it's okay because anytime you're on the front, anytime you're leading, uh, your back is exposed and you've got the people that throw the little verbal jabs and stuff like that. It's just a part of leadership, (laughs) whether it's in ministry or whether it's in business or whatever it might be, praise God. You just smile, praise the Lord, and you keep on going. Amen. And God protects you and you walk in the joy of the Lord. Praise God. But these things are important to know. Uh, Don't listen to others who try to judge your progress. You continue to make the progress that God has called you to do, and then you'll end up getting it done. And say to Archippus, the lover of horses, or, you know, whether you're the lover of helicopters, or whether you're the lover of hoverboards, or you're the lover of baking cakes, or you're the lover of uh, investing uh, into uh, junior mining stocks, or whether you're the lover of science, technology, um, uh, all these wonderful medicine, or whatever it might be. You find your niche, and you stay in it, and you keep applying yourself. You realize that your success is built in stages, and you you don't want to go too fast because you you could uh, even when you're doing really really well, you you there there can be an, an overwhelming 
blessing, but at the same time, you want to be able to contain things. You, want to, you don't want waste. You don't want so many orders coming in that you can't fulfill them, and now people have paid an order of product, and you can't even get it shipped out because you've got so many coming in that you're now it's confusion. You want everything structured and built right so it's done the right way. What happens, my friends, and I've noticed this more so last year and this year, is that as you move on in life, if you don't take your calling serious, which is what Paul is trying to get Archippus to do, if you don't take it serious, you can wake up later in life and realize, wow, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance, and this assignment is still here. Uh, I, and But if you don't work it the right way, you end up doing what I call always swinging for the bleachers. Instead of going through phases, you're trying to jump from the beginning somehow now to the very end, and you're not qualified for the end. The, 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 the phases and the processes is your time with the Lord. Uh, even the world calls it paying your dues, where you, you, you invest and you learn and you, you learn the, uh, the ecosystem, you, you learn uh, the nomenclature that every career field has, and you become good at what you're called to do. And then when you end up later at the end, which is when the vision speaks and you begin to see more of the fullness manifesting of everything that you knew God had for you in the first place, well, now you're comfortable standing there and the yoke is still easy and the burden is still light. <laughs> but people that want to jump, they expose themselves to crazy risk. And they go after maybe like wild investment ideas that are just 100% pure speculation. Now, um, I, I'm, I'm aware that when you have extra millions in the bank, I'm aware. I, I remember one time George Soros, you know, a multi-billionaire, he, he put some money into what I knew was a wild investment. So he put like seven million, it was five, I can't remember, five or seven million dollars into this one little company. And everybody thought, woo, but see, he knew that was a wild speculation. And, uh, and sure enough, it never panned out. The company uh, went bankrupt and closed down, went out of business. But for him, for most people, that's just like investing a nickel. So, you know, uh, when you have that kind of money, if you lose it, it's no big deal. If you win, okay, that's fine. But uh, most of these guys never, ever deal with speculative type investments. Why? Because they're ultra risky. But what happens is that when you don't work through the phases or all you focus on is the final phase and you do whatever it takes to get there, uh, the enemy will lay traps for you. He will lay snares for you. And uh, those things uh, don't work out. And then you go into more uh, like, I wouldn't call it hopelessness, but more like, oh, it's never going to happen. It will happen, but you have to just go with the flow. You have to walk by faith. A lot of these people that, again, that are swinging for the bleachers, always trying to hit a home run instead of maybe just get on base. Let's work our way around the bases and then we'll get to home and then we'll score more points. They, um, I have found that particularly they're the ones that live off prophecies that float through the air. You know, you got all these prophets and they're, they're good. They give good, maybe good words. They're kind of like generalized words, you know, maybe you see them on the internet. Some of them put them out every day, but I've met a lot of these people that are living off that. They're living off these prophecies. I'm like, well, you need to get into the word also because this walk or even these prophecies or what God has for your life, um, Jesus is not going to let you off the hook. The just shall live by faith. You can't just live on these prophecies. You have to, you have to get really dialed in with your ministry, Archippus, okay? Your ministry, take it serious, your business, your career field, and identify where you're at in that stage, what phase you're in. Okay, if you're a rocket and you're boosting up, uh, did we just lose the first booster? Good, now we're on the second one. That one will drop off, and before you know it, we'll be in outer space heading to Mars, okay? So we're on the third phase, or whatever it might be. But when you pray, you begin to get all of this stuff sorted out, and then you can really dial in on your focus. Woo! And that's where you get the results. And provision comes also for the various phases. It doesn't just pile up somehow, and suddenly you're at the end, and just it all shows up. No, the provision comes in on the phases. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Some of you 
God has already spoken to your heart that you will come into uh, great blessing, that you will come into the status of a millionaire and then multimillionaire, et cetera, and things like that. But you know, again, it's in phases so that your character is rock solid and that your commitment to the Lord is proven and tested and verified with the green check mark by the Holy Spirit that you're ready for it. And uh, so just enjoy the journey. And when you know where you're at, then what happens is, is your life journey, there's a real sweetness to it and your happiness to it. Why? You're not trying to be at the end. The end will come, okay? But you're right here and you're enjoying the moment. And you're not trying to live maybe like somebody who's 90 who's living in their last phase and you're not trying to say, I want to be there now. Well, give it, give it 40 years or, or 50 years or however long it'll be. And maybe at that time you will be there or even somewhere greater. Because as they say, those who've gone before us, we can stand on their shoulders and then we can even see Father. Praise God. I heard somebody wrote a book called that, Standing on the Shoulders of Giants. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. So we thank God for them. Yes, but uh, still, it's accomplished in phases. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching that there be joy along the journey, total joy. And I, I sense in my heart, Father, that for so many of them, even if they're in their 70s, for so many of them, I sense they're still on time. They're still on time. They can still get everything done that you have called them to do. Woo! And it's going to be really good. So, Father, I pray, just as Paul said to Archippus, for your people that they take heed to their ministry, heed to their special purpose, heed to their assignment in life, and that they get it done. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you that even as Paul was at a certain phase in his ministry that Archippus wasn't there, but yet Archippus needed to get, get focused. I pray, Father, for the focus for your people to become so resolute that as even Jesus set his focus uh, towards Jerusalem, set his, his forehead towards Jerusalem, I thank you that your people are getting dialed in and they are really on it in this now moment and in this now season. I thank you. I thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name, bless them with great clarity of mind and understanding in this area. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the destination is worth it. Heaven is worth it. Heaven is worth it. But you know what? You can have some heaven on earth too. Amen. We see that in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 11. Heaven on earth. God wants you to enjoy the journey with sweetness. And again, remember, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. I see more than enough grace. More than enough grace for you to get it all done. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory, glory to God. If you're watching today and you don't know Jesus, you need to ask him to come into your heart and save you from your sins, and he will do it right now. If you used to be a Christian and you fell away from God, you need to come back to Jesus right now. He'll wash all your sins away, put, and he'll plug you right back in, right where you left off, and move you forward, and you'll still get your assignment accomplished. I want you to pray this prayer also. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean with the blood of Jesus. Lord Jesus, step into my heart and lead me and guide me from this day forward. Write my name in your book of life and thank you for saving me now. In your name I pray, amen and amen. And to the, to the backslider, I say, welcome home. You're no longer a backslider. Your sins are forgiven. Welcome back to the family of God. Praise the Lord for new believers. Welcome to the family of God. Glory, glory to God. Let's get ready to take communion. I want to invite you to grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. And my friends, I want to share also that we are preparing for the Passover resurrection seed. And I want to talk about that. But first, I'm not sure if I told you, but today is my birthday. Praise God. Pastor Stephen, are you 32? No. 
Praise God. I'm number 56 today, moving on in the joy of the Lord. Number 56, praise God. And, and should the Lord tarry, maybe I'll make it to 110. Praise God. I, I could still come on the morning glory with a real long beard, and I might have to have a new adjustment on my glasses at that time, that maybe my eyes might need a little bit more of a boost. Praise God. But I believe that the Lord will come back before then. Amen. So today is number 56 on my birthday. If you want it to be a blessing and want it to say, Pastor Stephen, let me, let me bless you so you can get you a pizza tonight or something special, amen, like that, you can visit my website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link at the top. It's called Bless Pastor, Pastors Stephen and Kelly. And if you want to say, Pastor Stephen, I want to, the, your slice of birthday cake is on me. Amen. Well, kick, click that little uh, button and you could shoot a little blessing over to me. Amen. And I'll remember you while I take down some ice cream and some, uh, uh, oh, I like birthday cake. I don't know why, but I've always liked birthday cake. Probably, probably something with some blue or white icing. Amen. But thank you. Thank you for a little blessing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now. We're going to take Holy Communion, and as we do, I want you to be mindful, uh, mindful of something very important. We are coming up on Passover Resurrection Sunday, okay? It's just a few weeks away, and I believe that we are in miracle season because I'm hearing reports all over, and I'm telling you the Holy Spirit is moving. So what I want you to do between, you could either do it on uh, Easter morning Resurrection Sunday morning, okay, which is Passover. Uh, you could bring your offering in then. I want you to bring a special offering in, your very best seed. Or if you get it ready before then, you can bring it in before then. But I want you to do it with preparation because God wants you to give the right seed. He's going to help you to sow it into the right soil here. And he, he knows that this is the right season because this is when God gave his son, and so this is a time when we give our best, praise God, back to the Lord. I tell you what, there is a miracle anointing on this season right now. And I, I, want, to, I want to ask you to stretch yourself. You know what happens in, in sports and exercise? Let's take like, for example, strength training you eventually plateau on strength. You plateau even on anaerobic type things. But the only way to break out of a, a plateau is you have to shock your system. You know, if a person has a heart attack and they, they fall and the, uh, the medical personnel comes in, they're going to give that person a shock, a shock treatment to get that heart pumping again. But it's the same way if you're, you're like in strength training, you plateaued on squats or your bench press, you have to change your routine because your body's got it figured out now and the growth is going to be ultra slow unless you shock some things up. And some of you, you need a little shock up to take you to the next level, praise God. And I do believe that there are some that God will give you the seed. Maybe you already have it. He's going to give some of you the seed to sow a $10,000 offering. Now, hold on. Some of you just about fell out your chair and almost maybe spilled your coffee. But I'm, what I'm sharing, I'm sharing by the Holy Spirit because you know what? You've already given a $1,000 offering. You know what it is to exercise your faith in that area. I mean, Kelly and I, we gave our first $1,000 offering to the Lord into the work of God uh, when we were still in our late 20s, okay? So a $1,000 offering is not something for me that's like a max bench press where I'm maxing out, okay? But I'll tell you, there is a, there's an incredible anointing on the $10,000 seed. And I believe for for those that are watching that God is speaking to, that there will be some that you already have it, and God's going to talk to your heart about that, and I want you to pray about that. And there's others that if you give, if you give God a commitment that you'll sow it, He'll give it to you. He will absolutely give it to you. Praise the Lord. And there are some others. You have sown before $10,000 into this ministry, but you want to go higher. You want to break into multimillionaire level. Then God will give you the grace to sow a $20,000 seed, a $20,000 offering. Praise God. I'm telling you, miracles are happening all over the place. 
And God wants us during this miracle offering to sow our best, and he's going to give his best to you. Praise the Lord. So between now and Passover Resurrection Sunday, which is April the 9th, okay, you could either get your seed in on Sunday morning, okay, or you can bring it in any time before then if you have it ready. But I want you to do what God wants you to do because God wants to take you into some wild uh, amazing miracles where you see heaven open over your life unlike anything you have ever seen before. So I'm saying this because some of you need a little bit of a faith shock therapy so you can break out into the new levels that God has for you. Come on. Amen. Get ready. Amen. God's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. But in order for him to get the, the, big, the bigger ones to you, you have to get into the bigger seed sowing ability. Praise God. And God's taking many of you there. I praise God for the preachers who had the faith to minister the word to me and to others years back that challenged us to sow a $1,000 seed. I remember what that was like thinking, oh, woo-hoo, can even Bill Gates do that? Well, you know, that sounded so gigantic, but by God's grace, many times by God's goodness, we've been able to do that. But you know what? We didn't stop there. We kept climbing in seed sowing grace and ability as the Lord blessed us. Amen. So I want to just give that out to those that are listening with hearing ears that God wants you to do something special. And there will be those that God wants you to sow that very powerful seed. There's a powerful anointing on a $10,000 offering and some, you can do more. Praise God. Watch what the Holy Spirit is going to do. This is going to be a year unlike any other you have ever had in your life. And I believe also that this Passover resurrection offering is going to be the largest offering ever in the history of this ministry. I'm believing God for that. Amen. Because we're in the, we're in the souls and we are into building up the body of Christ through putting the, the word of faith into people so that they can walk in the victory as believers in Christ. Amen. Now, we're going to take communion. And as we do, I want you to be thinking about the seed that God would have you sow. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. We thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that as we receive the Lord's body, we're going higher. We are focused at where we're at, and we thank you that you're going to help us to get it accomplished. And Father, I thank you that there are those that need to sow into it so they can complete that phase and get everything done. Thank you, Father God. And then you're going to take them higher. Father, we just thank you for the Lord's body. As we receive his body, we receive grace to get it finished and wrapped up. Now we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive together. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You don't think the Lord could give a wealth whisper to you? God could whisper one thing to you that could, that could bring millions upon millions of dollars into your business, into your life, your, uh, your, your idea, whatever this thing would be, or whatever thing God would tell you to connect with. Oh, praise God. Amen. This is Jehovah Jireh. We are working with Jehovah Jireh. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for, Father, I tried to identify it earlier today. It seemed like to me that it was stealth, wealth whispers. Because, Father, through the protective blood of Jesus and the canopy of the blood over us, the enemy is not going to know what's going on, and it will launch, and it will be effective, and it, it, he won't be able to stop it. I thank you, Father, for stealth, wealth, whispers. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, you're cracking the code into new areas of end-time wealth transfer. I thank you, Father God. 
I thank you, Father God, your people are all in with you on the glorious ship. They're going to see your power. Oh, God, they're going to see your power. <laughs> Woo! Father, we thank you. We give you all of the praise. We receive the blood of Jesus and its protection. It's protection over our entire being. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's drink together. Woo! Praise God. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. Again, if you want to send over a little birthday blessing, I'll certainly appreciate that. And I'll be thinking about you while I eat my cake and ice cream. Praise God. Thank you so much. Thank you also for your love and support of this ministry, of this work. And uh, let me pop up on the screen also ways that you can give, okay? Give by text. You can give online. And your special offering, there is a link on our website just for that, your Passover resurrection offering. Whenever you have that ready, if you want to bring it in online, you can go to stephenbrooks.org, click the orange banner that says Projects, and then you'll see it. It's, you'll see the, uh, the link. It's, there's a picture. And it says, Resurrection Passover Offering 2023. Praise the Lord. Okay? Or you can mail it in. Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. I'm praying for you, believing for you, believing with you for great things. Praise God. Have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you back again real soon. Bye-bye.